What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand New Show. I bleed sports, man. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. As you know, I'm the host of I Bleed Sports, Brand New. Like I just said, um, <clears throat> man, oh man, oh man. Uh, so much sports going down. So many things to get into when it comes to this world of sports. But first of all, let's get into it this way. All podcast platforms are where Brand New Show, as you know. Uh, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, you know, Brand Your New Show. And of course, of course, YouTube channel, Brand Your New Show. Uh, subscribe, comment. I think you can notify. I don't know if you can hit the notification on my YouTube channel. I don't know. I don't think I'm that, that high up yet <laughs> when you can hit the notification. But if you can, hit the notification button. So when I, you know, drop a clip or, you know, uh, post a new video, you can be the first to see it, uh, so I really appreciate that, so uh, let's get into it, man, like I said, tonight is I Believe Sports, you know, it's Tuesday, so you know I do I Believe Sports, uh, of course, I'm going to going to talk about football, the final week of college football was this past week, conference championship weekend is this week, it starts Friday, I'll talk about that, um, they just gave out the top, the top 25 rankings, uh, their top six. Of course, you know me. I do my crazy six. I also be talking about my eyes on college football for the conference championship weekend. What games I think is going to be very intriguing moving forward. Um, of course, NFL. I'll be talking. Oh, <clears throat> talk about my big four levels of warning for the NFL. But before I get into all that, you know that's at the end of this episode. But of course, I got to start off with this. So, so, so Saturday night. Um, was um a big fight. Uh, David Benavidez. Sorry about that. Uh, uh David Benavidez fought um Demetrius, uh Andrew, Andre. Uh, you know, one on one. Uh, and David Benavidez, and they both came in undefeated. David Benavidez, uh, of course, won the fight. Uh, TKO'd him in the sixth round. Uh, actually, Demetrius uh, Connor literally told the ref, like, uh, yeah, we're done. Like, <laughs> he ain't going back out there to fight that dude. Are you crazy? He's beating the shaft, this man. Are you crazy? Um, I did not watch the fight, and I wish I would have. Um, but uh, I looked up and um, – because I had to do my podcast after the Survivor Series went off, uh, Wrestling Life, uh, that I do. And uh, I looked up, and I'm like, oh, shit, Survivor Series went off at, like, 10. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a chance to watch the fight tonight. That's great. And by the time I looked up, the fight was over. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. By the time I'm, like, I'm, like, midway through the episode of Survivor Series, for the Survivor Series, and the damn fight was over. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Um... And after the fight, David Benavidez was like, yo, um, I want Canelo. Point by period. I want to fight Canelo. Um, here's the thing, man. Uh, the thing about boxing that I love about boxing is that it is a sport that is a problem-solving sport, right? Same thing with wrestling. Same thing with, um, same thing with wrestling. Same thing with MMA. It's a combat sport. Um, the one thing about boxing that has fucked up 
the boxing world. Yes, judging, of course. But it's also the boxers choosing who they want to fight and when they want to fight them. And that's a worse situation. Um, we talk a lot of shit about how Floyd fought at the end of his career. But Floyd still fought everyone. He fought everyone. Ricky Haddon, Victor Ortiz, Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Shane Mosley, uh, Miguel Cotto, Manny Pacquiao. He fought them all. He fought them all. Juan Marquez. Like, he fought them all. He fought them. He did fight them. The thing about Canelo is he isn't fighting them all. Charlo was, like, the only one that he physically – he. We had been asking for years to get that fight, and he finally decided to fight one of the Charlo brothers. David uh, uh, Caleb Plant was another one. It took a minute, but he got it done. This is a fight that I think he needs to do. And I know people are going to sit here and say, well, his legacy is already cemented. He doesn't need to fight him. Yeah, the fuck he does. Yeah, the fuck he does. Who the fuck told you that? Yes, the fuck he does. Canelo has to fight David Benavidez. He has to. You're not moving up to go fight uh, uh, Bivadov again. You're not fighting Bivadov again. Demetrius Bivadov? Oh, no. He, he, he will hurt you. No, 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 no. I would love to see that fight. The one thing about boxing in 2023, which is crazy to say, in 2023, we got a lot of fights we have been asking for for years. Tank and Ryan Garcia, even though I knew Tank was going to win that, but still a fight a lot of people was 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 pining for and wanting, it. and we got it. Especially uh, Crawford and Spence, we finally got we finally got Crawford and Spence to fight each other, which was. Now, did it go the way we expected it? Fuck no. I thought that fight would be way more competitive than what it was. Now, if it's true what really is being said that Spence had a, uh, you know, broken ribs before he even he cracked rib before he got into the ring with Crawford, then and he, he decided not to take a break that he did not want to postpone the fight and go get fixed and, you know, let it heal up. Then 100%, thank you, Spence. But at the same time, damn, Spence, because you got destroyed in that fight. Like, that was, but you can tell something was wrong with him the entire fight. So you, it kind of does make sense of why he kind of was probably like, oh, this is probably why he was in the way he was. I don't think Crawford just 100% beats the shit out of Spence like he did. Like, that was that was very hard to watch. As a fan of both men, that was a very hard watch, uh, a very hard fight to watch. Being in a bar with everybody too, it was like, oh my god, this is, this is bad, man. But if that is the truth that he has broken ribs when he went into, he had a crack ribs, and when he went into that that match, knowing that he probably had hard time breathing, stamina control, and all that, it could explain. It could explain. But the year of 2023, man, it gave us a lot of iconic fights. Tank, Garcia, Crawford, Spence, Lomachenko, and Heaney. Like, uh, we got a lot of fights, man. A lot of fucking classic fights that we've been, you know, uh, uh, Felton and, and the Nightmare. 
Like, we finally got fights that we were like, yo, this is what we want. We finally got it, man. You know, uh, Teofima Lopez and Josh Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot of great fights this year for boxing. Uh, Lomachenko and, like I said, Lomachenko and Henny. We got a lot of fights that we got a chance to watch this year. Um, and I'm very happy about that. I don't know what 2024 is going to bring in boxing. And I still got, you got still, I think, like one more real big fight uh, before we end out the year. And that's uh, Regis Prograves and um, Devin Henney. I don't know what's going to happen when it's all said and done. But I will say this. I am looking so forward to 2024 with boxing. And hopefully, hopefully, Canelo and Bidavidez will be that match in 2024. We already got one, Theory and uh, Usyk. Uh, it's, it's, it's some boxing matches, man, that need, to be, that need to be done in 2024. If Henny loses to Regis, and, 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 and yesterday or today, I think I got, it was a notification that Lomachenko and uh, Kambosis is gonna fight it. Gonna fight each other. Lomachenko is gonna easily win that fight. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to diss George Gambosis, former light heavyweight champion, undisputed. But that's not a good fight for you guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. You could barely beat Henny, and Lomachenko almost beat Henny. Like that is probably to a lot of people did beat Henny. But you know, we shall see. But I can't wait to see. What 2024 has to bring. The fight Saturday, beat ass just is different. And I think that is kind of why I feel like Carnello might not try to fight him. It's different. He's different. You can't catch up to. He let. This is how crazy it is. He let Demetrius beat him the first two rounds. Like, Demetrius getting all his collab, like his combos in. Do, 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 hit him. By the fourth round, when he finally caught him, he tagged him. Oh my God. He hit the fucking thing. He was like, what the fuck was that? The fuck was that? Yeah, it was not it was not good. It was it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all, man. Hopefully twenty twenty four, like I said, brings more fights, more atmosphere, man. I remember being in a couple clubs, man, bars, watching the tank and Garcia fight, watching the Crawford and Spence fight. It's a different type of energy when you get excited about boxing, man. And that and that's the one thing I've always said, man. Um, the one thing about boxing that I love so much is that boxing uh, is the king of combat sports, despite what people want to say. It's still the king of combat sports when you give us the matches, and that is the key. When you give us those matches. So, looking forward to it, man. So, there's two basketball stories. Uh, three, really, but I'll talk about the other one on uh, my other series. I do point of view of random shit. Uh, cause that's more of a real legal issue and a real crazy fucking issue that I will get into with that. But I will talk about two stories that have been going absolutely nuts. So last week, uh, last week, I think, uh, Golden State Warriors played the Phoenix Suns. It was the first game back for Chris Paul, who's now a Golden State Warrior back in Phoenix, um, playing the Suns. Uh, and his fan, his friends, his family 
were there. Phoenix was giving them his flowers for, you know, bringing them to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Like, yeah, you know, the man deserves his flowers. And um, he got ejected from the game. Uh, referee Scott Foster ejected Chris Paul from the game. Now, you probably hear this and think, <clears throat> well, that's normal. It would be normal if Chris Paul and Scott Foster didn't have problems for like the last, <laughs> what, decade? Like a decade, these dudes have been having problems with one another. Scott Foster is an NBA referee, an official. He calls these games. So it already looks like an abuse of power that you have chosen to cho- you have chosen to use your authority to affect the basketball games like you have when it comes to Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul after the game got on the podium and explained what the problem was. He well, technically didn't say what the problem was, but he called he explained what the root of the problem was. That Scott Foster said something to Chris Paul's son. Chris Paul addressed him, not just to him, but the league offices. They had meetings, conversations about this shit. And then you see what happens last week, last Wednesday, I think. And he does that shit to Chris Paul in an NBA game. No reason. Jason Jackson. People have been saying, how do you, what, what do you do? What do you rectify, how do you rectify this situation between Scott Foster and Chris Paul? It's very simple. Scott Foster should never referee Chris Paul's games. He should never referee Chris Paul's games. If you know that he has, and the league knows this, by the way. The league is, the league assigns these fucking refs to these games. So for you to literally know that these two got problems with each other. And that Scott Foster has this vendetta against Chris Paul. And you don't do shit about it. You are cool with tampering with the game. So the game, so you are cheating. NBA, you are cheating. Scott Foster's, Chris Paul has a record. You did it, you notice? Chris Paul has a record ever since they started having problems when Scott Foster has refereed his games. I think he's like three and like 12, and I might be low-balling the win. I might be low-balling the wins. I think it might be two and like 12 or some shit. The man never wins games when Scott Foster is the referee. I think it's like some, I think I was watching on first eight. I think it was like this, he's like seven and twenty-five or some shit. Like the man never wins with Scott Foster as the referee of the games. Matter of fact, go back to the 2021 NBA Finals. You wanna know how many games Scott Foster refereed in the NBA Finals for the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks? NBA 
It's so bad that the league, literally, this is how fucked up this is. ESPN around that time used to put up a stat. Every time Scott Foster refereed Chris Paul's games, he has lost in the playoffs. So ESPN, you did know something was wrong because there's not that's that's not a fucking coincidence that you have a stat telling us every time this motherfucker has refereed Chris Paul's games, he has lost them in the playoffs. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. I'm not saying that the league is rigged, but the league might be rigged a little bit here. Chris Paul should not be being – Chris Paul should never be refed by Scott Foster ever again. And I know people will sit up here and say, well, Brandon, that's fucked up. How are you going to say that? Because it's personal. This isn't just a referee having a problem with someone because of it. No, nigga, it's personal. This man has personally went out to literally fuck up this man's team. He has given his team a competitive disadvantage every time he's on the court with his team. And you have the power to call any fucking foul you see fit to call. In the, it could be at the beginning of the game or late in the game. You could give somebody three fouls just for doing one thing. That's it. I ain't really hit the motherfucker at all. Barely tapped them. Foul. Now you're hurting the team. They can't have that significant player on the court because you got a problem with Chris Paul. That's a competitive disadvantage. What the fuck are you doing? The NBA should make this a rule. You cannot. This should be called a Scott Foster rule because this is ridiculous. It's one thing to do it in a regular season game that nobody gives a shit about. But now I'm thinking, like, how many games that this motherfucker has really referenced Chris Paul since this incident has happened with them two and his son? How long has this been going on? Really? Because if that is the case, the, rough, the NBA has known Scott Foster has a problem with Chris Paul. And yet, you have chosen to let him still referee this man's games in the most crucial fucking times of this man's career. You have chosen to let him still ref them games. What the fuck? What the fuck? The other incident is the incident that happened last night, and that is Russell Westbrook. Now, I guess a fan was saying some crazy, reckless shit to Russ. Let me explain something to people. Russell Westbrook about that life. That nigga will probably do a Ryan Artest. Run up in the stands and choke shit out you. You might want to temper down on this fucking talking. <laughs> hey, bro, I know he went to UCLA, and I know, nigga, he from Cali. That nigga will fucking choke you. Don't don't fuck with Russ, man. Russ, that nigga, bro. Don't do that. No, no, no. We will have a, a malice in the palace, a malice in, in Staples, or whatever the fuck they call that shit down. Like, <laughs> keep fucking with Russ. Y'all gonna find out. But, but Russ, um, Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook uh, has his game and last night and his his uh, the fan starts talking crazy talking reckless to Russell Westbrook and Russ responded like yo like chill on that shit what the fuck are you on you like, chill on that shit and I saw a lot of people they and this is the same shit that happened a couple years ago with Russ where I think a fan in Utah was trying to, like, attack him or some shit. It 
was doing the same shit, talking crazy to Russ. And Russ was like, yo, meet me outside and say that shit to my face. Like, like, like <laughs> meet me outside and say that shit to my face, bro. Like, and this is where the overwhelming problem kicks in, right, at some point, right? You have to ask this question of, when is a fan crossing the line as a person? Like, at the end of the day, man, you can be a fan. Listen, I do the same shit. I go to these these sports sport events now a lot more. I went to the Rockets, uh, Pelicans game. I went to the Saints and Texans game. And usually, man, with these fan bases, man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's usually a good setting. A lot of people don't have that type of energy in their hearts, man. That's really just I, I, how I have, have experienced certain shit. Everywhere I've sat in these types of games, I've not felt threatened because I cheer for the Saints or I cheer for the Pelicans. I don't feel that way at all. But I feel like with certain fans, they feel like if I paid my money, I paid your income. I pay your salary. I should be able to say whatever the fuck I want to say to you. No. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. See, this is the reason why I think people need to be reminded of the malice in the palace. I think, I think people need to be reminded, which means I think you need to run up in the stands and choke the shit out of somebody. I think it needs to happen. I think it needs to happen, and I'm going to explain why I feel that way, because now people are getting to the point where you think you can just say whatever the fuck you want to say to anyone, and you're going to get away with it, because you're a fan, and they're an athlete, and they're not supposed to get outright at you. You're a fan, but when you start talking personal shit, like his family and his kids and his wife and, bro, when you start hitting different levels of just the game... If you booing me because I'm an opposing player from a different team, I do it. If you booing me because I suck tonight at this game and I'm not good tonight, okay, cool. But when you start chanting and saying shit about my family, that has nothing to do with my gameplay, by the way. Now we got a problem. Which will incite somebody to say, hey, bro, talking all that shit. Hey, man, meet me outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet me outside. Like, we, we, we ain't got to do all this shit. Meet me outside. That happens, too. So I think somebody need. I think people need to be reminded of matters in the palace. I really do think it. I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, you niggas are getting a little bit too over-aggressive with this shit. Y'all need to get reminded to how, what matters in the palace look like. Because I'm starting to realize you motherfuckers don't remember how that all looked. Like, 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 <laughs> fan got a little too greasy with the talkie. Niggas ran up in that bitch. <laughs> Nigga ran up in that. You ran into the crowd. Nigga was like, oh, shit. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, that shit. Yo, I still remember that night, bro. That shit was fucking crazy. Yo, <laughs> my dad called me. He was like, you watching the game? I was like, nah. Why? I said, the game is over anyway, right? He's like, man, these niggas ran into the crowd, beating up the fans. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> These niggas on live TV. This shit was on ESPN. Them niggas ran into the crowd and started beating up the fans. Yo, that shit is fucking hilarious. Because they deserve that shit. You don't throw no drink on no fucking grown-ass man that weighs 200 and something pounds. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
And you like a buck fifty? What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? No, 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 no. But them fans, y'all are getting a little bit too over the top with it. Y'all been getting crazier and crazier as the seasons progress, but especially in the NBA. Y'all motherfuckers take fandom to a whole nother level. And y'all think just because I play on this team and on this and I do this sport for real, that I won't choke the shit out of you on camera. Like, it doesn't matter. Nigga, I will pay the fine, take the suspension, and be happy about that shit. Like, like y'all better chill on that, man. Chill on that shit, bro. <sighs> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. All right, so football has happened. Of course, y'all, as y'all know, I do college, and I do it in NFL, and I do college first. So let's get into it. Um, This past week, nothing too crazy. A lot of close fucking games. It's rivalry week. So, yeah, Florida, uh, Florida State and Florida was a close game, which I kind of said last week. Florida State did not have a great game against Florida you start looking at Florida State a little differently, but this Saturday, they have a chance, thanks to the ranking that just came out, to make the playoffs, the college playoffs. Now, me personally, I wouldn't put them in. That's just me. But I've not had them in my college, my crazy six for like two weeks now. And it doesn't change tonight, so I'm going to just explain that too. But then the team you needed to win to build a stronger resume, they lose to Kentucky, Louisville. They lost to Kentucky Saturday. You're like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck just happened? Washington almost lost to Washington State. I mean, Georgia almost lost. I mean, Alabama almost lost to Auburn. Georgia almost did lose to Georgia Tech. It was a lot of close calls, man. A lot of close calls, a lot of close games this, this past rivalry weekend. And um, I'm happy about it. I think college football is better when it's not so easily, you know, easily like, yeah, this team should post a win. Like, like it, I like it when it's actually a competitive game, uh, especially when you're playing. And I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more teams that doesn't have anything to, to lose anymore. They get to the point where they don't have anything to lose. Start to get back to that competitive, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I could end your season. I could ruin your season. My season's already over. I could ruin your season. And that'd be great. Like, <laughs> that'd be so much fun. But, yeah. Um, a lot of close games. A lot of close calls. Which brings me to my crazy six uh, for this upcoming week. The last, the conference, conference championship week. Um, my crazy six goes like this. If you know anything about me and you know how I do this, you already know I start from one, bring it all the way down to six. Um, so let's get into it. And number one, since I've started this crazy six, they have literally been the number one team. And that is the Michigan Wolverines. The Michigan Wolverines did exactly what the fuck I said they were going to do. Beat Ohio State. Listen, man, 30 to 24. Uh, they beat Ohio State. Uh, in Ann Arbor, without Jim Harbaugh, Ohio State, best team in the college football. Get the fuck out of here. Um, Michigan was the better team. I don't know why people keep acting like Michigan is some terrible fucking team. You realize Michigan has played twelve games this season. They have had their head coach for six games this season. Six of the twelve games that the Michigan Wolverines have played 
have been without their head coach. <laughs> Six of the 12 games Michigan has played this fucking year has been without their head fucking coach. And they're not the best team in college football? What the fuck is going on? Like, they have, they have played six games without their leader, their head fucking coach. And they have won six of those games. They have played six games with their head coach. And they have won six games. And now guess what? This weekend, guess what happens? Jim Harbaugh, he comes back and he plays Purdue. No, they play Iowa this weekend. And if they beat Iowa, they're in it. I literally had to watch them just put Michigan at number two and Georgia at one, and I had to hear people lie and say, well, Georgia's the best team in college football. Don't fight that night. No, they're not. No, they're not. Michigan's the best team in college football. You're fucking delusional if you think Georgia could beat Michigan right now. That shit's crazy. They cannot beat Michigan. And I'm an SEC kid, and I can literally tell you, Michigan could get Georgia. Michigan could get Georgia. Hopefully we get this opportunity to see this this year. I hope that we get this opportunity to watch Michigan versus Georgia national championship game because we were robbed last year. So hopefully we get the opportunity to watch this this season. But if not, at least this team will be there because at number two is the Georgia Bulldogs. They are also undefeated 12-0 going into this SEC championship game weekend with Alabama. Uh, Georgia last week beat Georgia Tech very closely, but they did beat Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia's the second best team in college football. I think anybody that tells you that they're not is crazy. I don't think they're the best team in college football, though. That is where I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, they're the best team in college No, the fuck they're not. No, no, they're not. The problem I have with people is that we talk about uh, this year and sports, but yet we want to use the past couple of years. No, we need to stop doing that shit. They looked okay. They're the defending champions for two straight years, but that has nothing to do with the team they have now. They lost Jalen Carter. They lost uh, Nolan Smith. Think of all the players that Georgia has lost over the last two fucking years, but people want to continue to act like, that's the same Georgia. No, the fuck it's not. This is a way different Georgia team. And if they lose to Alabama, then they are not making a college playoffs. I don't know why the fuck people want to put that resume out there and be like, well, they're defending two. They have won two straight championships. They ain't the same team. They don't even have the same fucking quarterback that they won the championships with. You realize Nelson Bennett won them two titles? He is in the NFL. Why the fuck are we acting like this is the same fucking team? It is not. If Georgia loses to Bama, then they are not making a college playoffs. I don't give a shit about what they did two years ago. I'm talking about this year. And this year, they shouldn't make the playoffs. I don't give a fuck if you won two titles last year, the last two years. You're not good enough to make it this year. Because you lost the Bama. You're not good enough. And for everybody's sake, and for everybody's sake, sorry about that. And for everybody's sake, Georgia, for everybody say, Georgia better beat Bama. Georgia better beat Bama. For everybody's sake. 
Coming in at number three. It's the Oregon Ducks. They are 11-1. They also had a robbery game this past week. Oregon State in a one. Um, I got Oregon at number three. Now, Friday will tell a lot about what Oregon is. Um, they play Washington again, the only team that actually beat them this season. Um, so if Oregon um, beats Washington, then Oregon's in. I don't, I don't think this is a hard thing to really master. If Oregon beats Washington, they're in. What I do think is going to be the hardest part is the four, and that is what I think a lot of people are having a hard time with. Because that four for the college playoffs was for the rankings that they had was Florida State, and like I said, I don't have Florida State there. I don't give a shit if Florida State is undefeated. If you don't dominate Louisville, to me, you don't make the playoffs because I don't trust that you can actually beat Michigan, Georgia, or Oregon or Washington. I don't believe you can beat one of those teams, and I don't think you can beat. Texas, and let's say Bama does win. You can't beat Bama. <laughs> you can't beat them. So, for me, number four is Washington. And I've been saying this for the last couple of days. I've been saying this for since I started the college play, the Crazy Six. War, Oregon and Washington should make the college playoffs. I know it's, it's crazy to say, oh, my God. Pac-12 might make the playoffs. Holy shit, two Pac-12 teams. Washington has the better resume. Florida State loses. Bama loses. Let's say Texas also loses. The fact that Ohio State is still fifth and Washington is third, but if, let's say, everything falls away, Florida State loses, Texas loses, Bama loses. And Washington lose. You cannot sit up here and tell me Ohio State, who lost to Michigan, is better than Washington, who beat Oregon already. The one game you were supposed to win, fuck the college, the conference championships. The one game you were supposed to win, you didn't win. You did not beat Michigan when you had a chance to. And to me, playing for a conference championship is way more important than you looking like a team that could play for one. Washington goes, if everything falls the way it falls, let's say Washington loses, let's say Texas loses, Florida State loses, Bama also lost. Even if Bama wins and Georgia loses, Washington has the better resume out of all of them. They do. You can hate it, but it's true. doesn't change the fucking facts. Washington beat Oregon when they were in the top 10. They beat USC when they were ranked. They beat Oregon when they were in the top 15. Oregon State when they were in the top 15. What do we, what do we, what's the conversation here? I can't remember who else they started their season off with. I don't want to say Michigan State. They started off against some fucking, but I can't remember who. And they beat them. Washington is the fourth best team in college football. I don't want to hear shit about Georgia, Bama, 
if they don't, if Georgia loses to Bama, and Washington is the team that they have to, to compare the resumes with, it's not a comparison. Washington should be in. Because then I will easily go and look at Georgia and be like, okay, who Georgia beat? Ole Miss? Missouri? It's not a better win than now the conference champion, Oregon, who they already played and already proved they can beat. And I've been saying this. If this game is close, just like it was in, 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 in Seattle earlier this year, Washington should be in if everything falls the way it falls. And I don't give a shit if Florida State does win the conference championship. If they didn't dominate Louisville, I'm putting Washington in. Ohio State is not you, – you can put Penn State and Notre Dame all in the top tens. Ohio State will never be able – Ohio State is not beating Georgia and they're not beating Michigan. And they barely could probably beat Oregon. Coming in at number five is Texas. Oh, come on. They're 11-1. Uh, they play Oklahoma State this Saturday for the Big 12 Championship game. This is the most intriguing game for me, personally, because I, I just – Big 12 Championship games has been very shaky the last couple of years, especially the XTCU last year and some other teams. The team that goes in as the favorite doesn't always win it. So this kind of feels like what Texas is kind of walking into. Um, but right now, for me, they're fifth. They're in. Even if they, if they win – and let's say Bama went. Florida State's out. Texas, Bama, Michigan, Oregon, or Washington. You got your four. I'm cool with that four. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm good with that four. I'm cool with that four. You got your SEC. You got your brand name. Conference. I'm good. I'm good with that four. Everybody else might not be. But I'm good with that for. And for me, Texas is fifth. They're right over the number 16 months on my list, and that is Bama. Bama. <sighs> Ugh, Bama, Bama, Bama. Um, they should have lost Auburn. But Auburn's defense sucks. I don't know what the fuck that coverage was. That was a terrible <laughs> coverage. What the fuck was that? Oh, good God, that was terrible. Um, Georgia, Alabama are going to be a very interesting game, more so because of what the significant value of it. But me personally, I think that Georgia, I think Alabama has to win the conference championship. Like, yeah, two losses is one thing we all know. If you know, if you got two losses, you ain't going no fucking way anyway. But the fact of the matter is, if you win the conference championship game, to me, you have, have to hope Texas wins the Big 12 championship game. Because, yes, to a lot of people, no matter what, Texas is, I mean, uh, Batman's in because they beat Georgia. But it will help your resume more if you actually beat the conference champion of the Big 12. And for me, just because you beat Georgia doesn't automatically mean your ass is in the fucking ass, the, the college playoffs. Like, that is a terrible thought process. But because the SEC has built themselves so highly up there, 
that it feels like if you win, you're in. And it's like, I don't like that scenario. I don't like that thought process because that tells a lot of other teams, like, no matter what, no matter how good you are, you ain't making the fucking playoffs. And that's 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 a bad way of looking at it. Next year, when they go to these 12-team playoffs, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be so goddamn intriguing to see how this is all going to play out. By the way, uh, uh, Georgia plays Alabama next year, September 28th. So I think that's like what, not the first week, second week, third week of the college football play, college football. So that's gonna be a pretty intriguing game. I can't wait to see how that's gonna look. Um, let's get into it now. Now, my eyes on college football conference championship week week fourteen. Here we go. Y'all know how I do this, man. I got four games that I'm looking at, watching very closely, admiring, paying attention to. So let's get to it. My skeptical game of the week. And that is Louisville versus Florida State. Um, It's pretty obvious why. Louisville, uh, like I said, lost to Kentucky, you know which is not a good fucking thing at all to do, is lose to Kentucky. Um, but Florida State struggled against Florida. And as much as I think Florida State, um, Florida State doesn't really know who they are. I also feel like Florida State, I guess, I think they finally found their identity on offense which is run the ball. You have a quarterback that I don't think you really trust that much into. You don't believe that much into. So probably running the ball might be the best situation for you. But at the same time, man, Louisville coming off of a loss against Kentucky, I feel like Florida State needs to dominate this game. I don't care that the polls have them at four. You have to dominate this fucking game. And to me, even though you're undefeated, it just feels like you're getting put in the college playoffs just because you're undefeated. And that is, to me, not a good enough reason. If you're not dominant in this game, to me, I don't think your ass should be in the college playoffs. Because I don't think it's the college that game is going to be competitive. And for me, it's all about competitive. It ain't about a, who's the four best teams. No, nigga. Who's going to give me a competitive actual fucking game that makes me say, no, I got to stay inside to watch this fucking game on New Year's or New Year's Day or New Year's Eve? I don't want to see a blowout in the fucking semifinals like we always do every fucking year. I want an actual competitive game. And if Florida State cannot be competitive, hey, they ass should not be in the goddamn college playoffs. I don't know why the fuck people act like this is so fucking hard. No, nigga, you got to be competitive. Fuck it. You got to be competitive. My most interesting game of the week is a game I've been talking about for a while, and that is Georgia versus Alabama. Um... Georgia's won. Then they had Alabama at like, when I say eight, uh, in the college playoffs this year, uh, college playoff rankings this week. My feeling on this game is, my feeling on this game is just like people keep screaming about the, well, the Pac-12 game is technically is a knockout game for Oregon. 
but it's not a knockout game for Washington. And I know people will sit up here and think that's crazy, but no. For me, this is a knockout game. I don't care that Georgia is a two-time defending champion and that that means they need to be in the playoffs. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that shit at all. To me, this is a knockout game. If Georgia doesn't, if Alabama does not beat Georgia, beat them pretty convincingly, it's gonna be bad. You know, if Alabama don't beat Georgia and Georgia doesn't beat and Georgia beats Alabama, Georgia wins. Georgia's in. If Alabama loses, that pretty much means they're out. But if Alabama wins, doesn't mean Georgia automatically. If everything goes the way it goes, Georgia's automatically just in now. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. You don't have the resume of the team. To say, yeah, that automatically means that. No, the fuck it doesn't. No, it doesn't. This game is going to be more interesting because of how is Georgia going to play Alabama. More so of how Alabama is going to play Georgia. Um, Jalen Moreau is starting to kind of come on late into the into the college you know, football season. But he's still not great throwing the ball. Like, Don't get that play fucking twisted on Saturday when he had, when he had no choice but to put that shit in. I still don't think Alabama's a great throwing the ball team, and that to me is what kills Georgia when you can spread out their secondary and actually go at them. I don't think they're that team, and if you're trying to run the ball on Georgia, you're probably going to lose. So I think that game is going to be really hard for Bama. My upset game of the week. So I had two. I had one, and then I erased it this morning. So the one I had was SMU versus Tulane. I think Tulane's going to probably win it, but at the same time, it's such a – game that they can probably lose it too. But I crossed it out and I put Oklahoma State versus Texas. Texas blew out Texas Tech. 57-7 I think it was. Um, Do you still have more in the tank? And that's kind of the conversation I think when it comes to Texas. Do you have more in the tank? I don't know if Texas wins this game. Like I said, the Big 12 Championship game is always such a fucking questionable game. Last year it was K-State Kansas State beating TCU when TCU kind of needed to win that game, even though they got in the college playoffs, it kind of felt like, bro, you lost to these dudes still? Like, that's ridiculous. Same thing I feel with Texas. Oklahoma State is a really good team. Like, even don't get the record fooled. They are in the top. They're in the polls. Oklahoma State can actually beat Texas. They can beat them. Will they? It's kind of where I kind of have this, mm, I don't know. But I, if you had to ask me out of all these games this week, which game I believe is going to happen, really could happen, Oklahoma State beating Texas. I actually believe that could actually happen. <laughs> I actually believe that could actually happen. So, yeah. End game of the week is clearly Oregon versus Washington. That is kind of like obvious. Um, rematch of earlier this year. Um, what do I think of this game and what do I think is going to happen? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't really have a winner for this game. I, I really don't. Washington has struggled so much since that Oregon game defensively that I don't think that team is, is maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to wake up and play this game and gonna play really hard in this game. I'm assuming, but Oregon is such a diverse offense and they can do so many great things. I don't know how this is going to go personally. But I do know one thing. It's going to be one of the best goddamn games. We're all going to see this fucking this year. I hope it's not a blowout. I swear I hope it's not a blowout. My God, please don't let it be a blowout. I want it to be competitive because then it would make my statement, what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, months, obvious, which is 
these are the two best teams in college football, despite what y'all want to say about records and fuck this and all that. They're the two best teams in college football. If you don't believe it, fuck out of here. All right, let's get into it. So, NFL. Um, so there's a couple things I got to talk about before I get into it. Uh, so last week, did I talk about it? I don't think I did. Buffalo fired Ken Dorsey, um, the officer coordinator. Um, and now the officer coordinator is uh, Joe Brady, who used to be LSU's officer coordinator when we went to the national championship and won it with Joe Burrow, Javar Chase, and uh, Jordan Jefferson. And he was also Carolina's office coordinator until Matt Rule decided that he was going to call plays and fire them, which <laughs> that shit is amazing. Um, um, <laughs> wow. Um, maybe if you would have kept them, you probably would never got fired. I don't know. But um, and Matt Canada also got fired uh, for being Pittsburgh Steelers office coordinator. Thank the Lord. Um. And coupling all that together is also, um, speaking of Carolina, Frank Wright got fired, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, what I think of these firings the last couple of weeks? You needed to do it. Now, the Frank Wright firing, and I'm a Saints fan, so the Frank Wright firing, I felt like it was a little too you know, too um, premature. Uh, I don't think you really need to fire him this year. But it could go into the fact, yes, do I think the owner's a little bit stupid? Probably. I mean, maybe he's just like, I want to win so bad that I'm just going to bypass everything and just get me one. That could be a thing. But I also feel like this team wasn't going to get better. And I think people are sitting up here and trying to act like that team is going to get better. That team was never going to get better. It was never going to get extremely better in the next couple of years. Like, in a year, you still had no draft capital. You had no draft capital. And you had an offense that was getting worse as the season was progressing. To the point where you're now questioning, damn, did y'all fuck up on a number one pick? Like, it's questioning time. Like, that is how bad that offense was for Carolina. Terrible offense. Now, if he's into what I've been saying about Bryce Young, that is, he's not a franchise guy. He's not that guy. I mean, he's good. He can do some things. But what I mean by a franchise guy is, like, he walks in and immediately changes the franchise. C.J. Stroud was a change-the-franchise guy. You don't believe me. Name me one person on the Texans that you want that's not named C.J. Stroud. And I know what you're going to say. Tank Dale. Nick, 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 Tank Dale and all them do that shit only because of C.J. Stroud. Will Anderson, right? Offensively, though. Dalton Schultz? Devin Singletary, maybe? This is why I felt like if I was Carolina, I would have drafted Anthony Richardson. Not even CJ Sharp. I would have drafted Anthony Richardson because Frank Wright needs a particular quarterback to run his particular offense. And that, and he also did not have any weapons. You needed an athletic quarterback that could get you yardage with his his legs. And that is definitely not Bryce Young. 
So yeah, he needed to kind of get fired. I would have waited a year and a half just to see if he could turn it around. But if you felt like it was probably never going to get turned around, okay, do it. Whereas for the Joe Brady and the Joe Brady and uh, oh, I mean, uh, the Ken Dorsey and the Matt Canada fires, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. I talk about another team that needs to also get rid of their offensive coordinator, ASAP. Um, another football story that I thought was so funny when I saw it, and I was like, "You sure this is a football story?" Tom Brady said that the NFL is getting too mediocre. It's mediocre now. The NFL is mediocre, which is the funniest shit to say from a person like Tom Brady because some of y'all was like, oh, some people I saw was like, "Oh, that's his competitive fire." He's nigga, are you serious? Mediocre? That's what you call in the NFL, nigga? Did you not win a championship like? two fucking years ago, three years ago? What the fuck are you talking about? Did you not wait till the NFC South was at its weakest to come to the NFC South? What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Did you, like Alex Smith played, Alex Smith said, dude, you played in like the worst division of all time. What the fuck are you talking about? It's crazy to have someone like Tom Brady sit there and literally physically say, yo, the NFL is bad. It's mediocre. Fuck out of here, dude. Are you crazy? Stop that. No, 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 no. No. <sighs> so let's get to it, man. The big four. My big four of this week. Starting off is the Philadelphia Eagles. 10 and 1, uh, played Buffalo last week. That's another thing I got to say, y'all, before I get to that. I said this last night, my brother Juan, and I said it here. Um, Josh Allen is not a franchise quarterback. Josh Allen is not a franchise quarterback. Josh Allen is a very talented quarterback. He can win you games if everything goes right. And I know everybody says that about, but Brandon, that's every team. If everything goes right. But Josh Allen is not a franchise quarterback. He's not. I feel like people are mad that people, every time you see his game, you expect him to just be like 363 yards. Yeah, what, four total touchdowns against the Eagles Sunday? Scored 34 points. But everybody neglected the fact that he had the ball first in overtime and literally let the Eagles get the ball in overtime, walk down the field, and score a touchdown. If you are a franchise quarterback, you are looking at your head coach and telling them, keep the fucking field goal team on the sidelines. We are going for this shit. He didn't either. He let them kick a field goal, and then immediately... Eagles got that got the ball, scored a touchdown. Okay. I just wanted to say, yeah, Josh Allen is not a franchise quarterback. He's Phillip Rivers. He's Phillip Rivers. And the Bills are the Chargers. The San Diego Chargers. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Just teams are better than you. That's it. Nothing wrong with that. Let's get into it now. 
like I said, at number one is the Eagles. They're 10 and 1. They beat the Bills 37-34 and overtime came back and won that game. Um, and they got the 49ers coming up this weekend. I just want people to understand something. Jalen Hurts is different. Unlike Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. Holy shit. I think it's time for us to have this conversation. I mean, like seriously have a conversation. Jalen Hurts. Real shit. Jalen Hurts. Is in the patch of Mahomes, Joe Burrow conversation. The man wins. He wins. He fucking wins. I'm not even talking about just last year. I'm talking about this year. The man has a perfect record against teams over 500 or better. 500 or better. He has a perfect record. You know how hard that shit is? He's what you think Josh Allen is. He's what you think Dak Prescott should be. He's what you continuously think these fucking team, these quarterbacks are, and he never live up to it. He is it. There it is. You fucking see it. Live and in action. In every damn game I hear people sit on TV every fucking game and say, oh, I just think Jalen Hurts should do different. And his office should be a little bit more. What the fuck are you talking about? If this was Patrick Mahomes and he was winning this way, y'all would love it. Look here, Pat. Boy, they found a way to win games. No. Jalen Hurts is a winner. Fuck he is. He was a winner at Alabama. He was a winner at Oklahoma. His only year in Oklahoma. He's a fucking winner. Stop playing like this man ain't in that conversation of Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Get the fuck out of here. He is the NFC's, the NFC's Patrick Mahomes. The man going to find a way to win. I wish that motherfucker was my quarterback. But he is my brother Ramon's quarterback. Son of a bitch. He got a really great quarterback. Son of a bitch. Uh, shout out to my brother Ramon. He is an Eagles fan. He loves the fucking Eagles. And I can't tell him not to because the motherfuckers are good. <laughs> them motherfuckers are good. 10 and 1, man. 10 and goddamn 1. And number two, speaking of another quarterback that a lot of people need to stop playing on his name, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. They are at 9-3. and three. They are on bye this week. Uh, they won against the Los Angeles Chargers 20-10. to 10. Um, That's another team. That's another team that just, they find a way to win. They find a way to win. As much as you can hate it and you don't like it, the Ravens are just as goddamn good. As the Kansas City Chiefs, as all these other teams, they are that fucking good. Kansas City cannot afford the Ravens to get the number one seed. They can't afford it. If they go to Baltimore, which, by the way, last year they went to Baltimore and lost to Baltimore. If they go to Baltimore and play Baltimore for the AFC Championship game, Kansas City losing that game. Kansas City losing that game. They're losing that game. I feel like a lot of people don't want to admit that, but I admit it for you. I'll tell you for yourself. I'll tell you. Uh, they're going to lose that game. They're going to lose that game. Baltimore's defense 
is going to eat up that offensive line. They're going to destroy that offensive line. That front four, front seven of Baltimore, oh, they're going to kill them. They're going to kill them. That great Kansas City defense, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to have at least a good 100 yards rushing because Baltimore is going to do exactly what the Eagles did late in that game. They're going to do exactly what the Eagles did. When you blitz, we going to run. Lamar Jackson. And that is why I feel like Baltimore can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 9-3. They are the best team in the AFC. Despite what people keep screaming about, Kansas City, Kansas City. Baltimore could beat Kansas City, and it's not even that close. It won't be close. At number three is the San Francisco 49ers, and they are eight and three. And like I said, they play the Eagles this Sunday. They play the Eagles this Sunday in Philly. Um, this game is going to be so goddamn hard to really figure out because I think the Eagles win it personally. But at the same time, the Eagles might be without Land Johnson, and that might be a problem. Um... Fire Niners are not eight and three. The problem what I have with people with the Fire Niners is yes, they are a good team when they're healthy. The problem is what happens when they're not healthy. And I've seen when they're not healthy. But we in the world, this media, the sports media, ignores the fact that you know San Francisco didn't look good when they didn't have the Debo Samuels and the Trent Williams. But now that they're back. It's like, oh, San Francisco is the best team in fucking NFL. It's like, bro, no, no, they're not. Brock Purdy is not that guy. He's not that guy. I've seen him when he didn't have just Debo and Trenton. Imagine Christian McCaffrey going down. Imagine George Kittle. And we sitting up here being like, but, 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 but they're going to, come on, bro. They're in three. They're third in my, in my list. To be honest with you, I couldn't put Detroit third. Uh, this week because they looked horrible on, on Thanksgiving Day. That shit was a terrible display of football. Good God Almighty. Yeah, I couldn't put them there. Sorry, I just couldn't. And number four, if y'all know me by now, I don't have the usual four at my standards, uh, and that is the Denver Broncos. Hey man, from the they're six and five going against the Texans this upcoming weekend. That could be pretty much a conversation of who's going to get that that real wild card spot in the playoffs. Between the Texans and the Broncos. Um, let's be real. If the Broncos, the Broncos looking at what the Broncos have become in the last five games since, you know, the start, starting off one and five, and then also starting off one and five, and then also uh giving up 70 fucking points against Miami. If you told me that the Denver Broncos will give up 70 points in an NFL game. And by week, what, 13, they still have a chance to win not only a playoff spot, but probably the division? I would tell you, kiss my ass, you're lying. And don't lie to me like that. Fuck's around with you. But it's fucking real. It could happen. Denver could actually get in the playoffs. And also, they're still in line for the, for the division for Kansas City. It's crazy to think that, but yes, Denver could actually make the fucking playoffs. They gave up 70 fucking points in a football game this year. An actual football game. 
a professional football game. They gave up 70 fucking points. And they are 6-5. and five. Not great. But I can't ignore that. Five straight victories? I can't ignore that. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Now let's get into it. Levels of warning for the NFL this upcoming week. Let's get into it. I know how I do this. Three levels of warning. Yellow is caution. Orange, panic time. And third is DOA. That's red, baby. Red. Let's get into it. So, uh, my yellow, my caution team is those Lions at 8-3. I got to put them at caution, man. Um, Detroit. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Um, like I said, one game is a coincidence. Second, two games is like, okay, it's starting to become a pattern. Third game. Fuck. Me, this is bad. Um, I don't think Sunday's gonna be a bad game for Detroit. I think they're gonna get back to who they have been for most of the season against the Saints Sunday. Um, but I can't ignore the fact that at the end of the day, Detroit um played the way they played against the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving. Like that's something I cannot ignore and act like it didn't fucking happen because it did. This is the second straight week where you struggle against a divisional team. And again, it's divisional. Bears and Packers divisional. But at the same time, man, you can't have the games you've been having and not have me be a little cautious on you. It's like, oh, that's not good. Last week, I was talking about how if you won the game and the Eagles was to lose at some point, you could have jumped the Eagles and got a chance. And now it's like, oh, well. You're the third seed in the NFC. You're not probably going to fall anytime soon. You're probably going to be the third seed. But despite also Sunday, if the 49ers lose to the Eagles, you jump back to the second seed. But you're not catching the Eagles. And I still have high hopes for Detroit. But those two games, back to back, you won one and lost one. But the way you won and lost these games, man, for two straight weeks, you didn't look good, man. You turn over the ball. It's just like it's, it's a, it's a, you're going completely the opposite of what you did last year which is last year you, you started so badly, but when you turn it on, you look great. And now the last two weeks, it looks like you're reverting back to what you were last year. Whereas you started off great, and now you're going into this self-doubt, like, oh, shit, we might not be as good as we think. So you're losing a lot of these games. Yeah, that shit shouldn't happen. You should be very good at what you do. But uh, I get it, the, the hype, the allure of what you have been this season Starting to catch up to you, and I think you're starting to feel it. And uh, yeah, that's not good. That's really not good. Um, my panic team, Orange, is the Saints, five and six. Um, matter of fact, I'm gonna switch that around. So the, my Saints, the Saints gonna be DOA, but my panic team gonna be the Vikings, and that is six. They're six and six. Um. Yeah, I just switched it up on my own damn podcast. Uh, the Vikings are 6-6. Um, last night, they lost to the Bears. The Bears beat them by field goals. I'm dead-ass serious. The Bears did not score a touchdown at all. They won 12-10. to 
on a Monday night football game. What the fuck? Um, the Vikings are 6-6. Six six. They say they have a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. Um, the Josh Dobbs magic has officially worn off. Um, we forget that Josh Dobbs, when he was the start of this season, was what, 1-8 and like eight with Arizona? 1-7 with Arizona? He won one game, the Dallas game, and that was it. Yeah. He's won two games with the Vikings. One as a starter, and that was the Saints game. But we forget that after the second quarter when they scored 21 unanswered points, they scored three points the entire second half. That was it, three points. They only scored three points in the entire second half. So, sorry, sorry. So, the Vikings, and in the next two games after the Saints game, you have lost to Denver late, and now you've lost to the Chicago Bears late. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. Um, They get Justin Jefferson back. They just activated him off of uh, the IR. That's great. Uh, But this team's not going anywhere. They ain't going anywhere. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but they're, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Just not. Uh, Josh Dobbs, we forget, is a backup. That's what he is. That's his profession. The reason why you can come off the bench against Atlanta and win against Atlanta is because he's used to playing backyard football. He's a fucking backup. The reason why he beat the Saints first year, first game of the season, as finally knowing the playbook a little bit. But like I said, third, that second half, he didn't do shit. So, yeah. And like I said, DOA is the Saints. They're 5-6. and six. Um, Remember when I was talking about I'll get back to firing up the offensive of coordinators and coaches? Yeah, here it is. Fire Dennis Allen and, and Pete Carmichael. Now, I'm not like everybody that's saying fire Dennis Allen because of just because you don't like the way the team looks. No. I'll explain why I say fire Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, for the most part, is a defensive-minded coach. And his defense, for the most part, has not been the problem. We actually are tops in takeaways. If you actually watch the game against Atlanta, we got like two picks in that game. We're taking the ball away. Something that we haven't done like a year and a half, two years now, is take the ball away. We're, like, in the top five of takeaways. It's crazy to think that shit, but they were, like, in the top five of takeaways. The Saints, defensively, it's not the problem. Dennis Allen is doing what he does. It, that is the thing. But, and this is the thing I've always said about, you know, head coaches that come from the coordinator's position with, like, Brandon Staley and Ty Bowles. If you become the head coach, 
and the thing that you was coordinating, defense, is the worst fucking part of your team, that is a you problem. You're supposed to be great at defense. That's why you got the job, right? They saw you at some team, and it was like, that dude can coach. If he could leave that court, if he could leave those guys, he could probably go. But that's not the same. Brandon Stanley's defense is the worst part of his team. Tampa Bay, that is the worst part of that team. The reason why Mike Tomlin still has a job after all these years the reason why Mike Thomas still has a job after all of these years is because no matter how bad that offense is, and they are absolutely fucking terrible, they still find a way to win games. Because the defense. I remember a couple years ago when they were 11 and 0. That offense sucked, but that defense was phenomenal. They're always going to find a way to win games because of the defense. And it's kind of what the Saints are. The reason why I've been on this fire peak, and this is the reason why I sit down fired in this island, because it feels like you're losing as a head coach. Yes, the one side of the ball is great, but the other side is not. And because you don't want to change, you got to get rid of the person. P. Carmichael should have been fired. At the beginning of this fucking season. Should have been fired. When we could not score in the red zone. Which Sunday. We inverted right back into that. We couldn't score in the red zone. And it's not that we don't have the weapons. Because the last three times. When we did start winning. We went on that little mini winning streak. What was the one thing we were doing? Using Taysom Hill. In the red zone. Alvin Kamara. In the red zone running the ball, doing what we need to do to get in the red zone. It seems like week last week we invert, we went against Atlanta. We went right back to what the fuck we did before the Colts game, which is we're going to throw these fades and we're going to – why are you throwing the ball in the red zone? Why? When you have a well-known fucking weapon in Taysom Hill and they can't stop him, Nobody can stop him. And your stupid ass is still throwing the ball in the red zone. P. Carmichael needs to get fired. But if Dennis Allen is also losing the team, which seems like it's happening because it's falling on deaf ears every time he gets on a podium and says, we just got to execute better. We got to do this better. Bro, like Alvin Kamara said, hey, bro, it's a time for talking and it's a time for showing the fuck up. Tired of talking. Let's do this shit. We know what we need to do. Do it. Do it. But you're not doing it. That's one of the reasons why he's going to get fired. The second reason is why I had the Denver Broncos in the big four. Sean Payton. Sean Payton, who was the Saints head coach for, what, 10, 15 years? Got traded during the offseason this year to the Denver Broncos to be the head coach. And despite of how bad Denver was earlier in the year, they have a chance to make the playoffs. Dennis Allen is in the worst division. Three teams that have no franchise quarterback. Well, Bryce Young, but Carolina's in a 
terrible. They have no roster around him. But two teams that have no franchise quarterbacks, and somehow, some way, you manage to lose to both of them. If we lose Sunday, which I think we will, Atlanta beats the Jets, and Tampa Bay beats Arizona. We're third in the division with no way outside of literally going on a five-game winning streak after Sunday. Four-game winning streak after Sunday. Which we can do. I'm not going to say that like, like we can't. We can do it. We got Carolina, Jet. We got the Carolina Panthers, Giants both come to us. And then we got the Rams, and I think we go to Tampa. And then we end the season with Atlanta coming to us. So we can do it. But how much of fate do we have in our head coach? Which is where it is all lies. Because if they don't have much fate in you after five and seven, we need to start thinking about the offense. Me personally, I would go five, I would go straight up and hire either Ben Jones from Detroit, office coordinator from uh, for Detroit, Ben Jones, or Eric Bieniemy. Or like I told my brother Juan yesterday, I would not be surprised if Bill Belichick ends up in New Orleans. Because for as much as we sit here and we bitch and we moan and we complain about the Saints, we are hurting ourselves. There is no team in the league that can really stop us when we're on. The problem is we're not on. We're inconsistent as fuck. You don't want to fire P. Carmichael? All right, cool. Dennis Allen, then you're going to get fired. Derek Carr, to me, I don't I don't think anybody's going to take his deal. Nobody's going to take his contract. So we might have to eat that shit. We might just have to deal with that shit. But for me personally, after a while, it's going to be like, where do we fall in the draft? If we get past, if we don't beat Carolina in week, what, 14? If we don't beat Carolina in week 14? It's to the point where I'm like, man, fuck all that, man. What can we get? What are we going to be in the draft? Because that is the case. We need to drive a quarterback. That's how I feel. But that is my my levels of caution. My levels of warning. Uh, Lions is yellow, caution. Uh, Vikings are panic time. And, of course, the Saints are DOA. Next week, well, Sunday. I think I'm going to do it Sunday. I got Bleed Black and Gold, of course, Saints and Detroit game. But then I'm going to do a special I Bleed Sports, which is going to be uh, my Crazy Six ending. And I'm going to talk about the New Year's Six Bowls and its fatality. Uh, uh, and I'm going to talk about the final week of college football, well, college championship week. And, of course, give you my preview of what I think of these New Year's Six Bowls. And, of course, the final reveal of my, my Crazy Six this season. Until then, I am Brandon Janu. Peace.